Welcome to We Gotta Talk, a live weekly talk show and podcast where we like to dig deep. From health to relationships to alternative lifestyles and more, the one thing you will always get is a deep dive. I'm Sunny, a 15-year veteran of TV news, freelance writer, blogger, mom of three, and wife. But most of all, I'm just a die-hard oversharer, someone who's genuinely curious about, well, everything around me. And I can't wait for you to join in on these conversations that I promise will impact, inspire, and entertain you. Now, let's talk. Hello, everybody. I'm so glad you're here today. Welcome to We Gotta Talk with Sunny. I'm Sunny, and I'm so, so grateful you're spending a few minutes with us this morning. Whether you're watching live on Facebook, which you should be doing if you're just listening to the podcast, because we like to include tons of visual things these days. Or if you're listening to the podcast, um, yeah, check it out, facebook.com slash we gotta talk. Today's guest is Dr. Gertrude Lyons. And if you've been following me on Instagram, you have seen that we have been really excited about this topic of maternal mental health on We Gotta Talk this week. Did a bunch of articles on the blog, have Dr. Lyons on today. And I wanted to talk about this topic because simply put, having children is one of the most batshit crazy things that a human can ever do. And it introduces a whole new set of emotions and challenges that frequently, um, women feel a little embarrassed or nervous to discuss. I've been very open with issues with my postpartum anxiety in the past. And my three kids now are eight, six, and three and a half. And it kicked in like big time after my second. So Dr. Gertrude Lyons today is going to talk about the challenges of maintaining balance, if that's even a thing in motherhood. And we're also going to talk about mom rage because raise your hand if your kids, you love them, but they also drive you absolutely nuts. It's, it's normal, right? As it turns out. So we're going to bring in Dr. Gertrude Lyons in a couple of minutes and dig very deep into the topic of maternal mental health. But first, as always, we like to bring in producer Rachel for a quick catch up. Hey, Rach, we were talking before the show and you're like, I got a couple stories. What do you think? And I was like, don't tell me. So this is a surprise. I have no idea what you're going to, what breaking news you're going to have for us. Today. Oh, yes. Breaking news in the life of Rachel. It's always interesting. Okay. So I think I can get both in in a very short amount of time. I went to TJ Maxx. I needed new pajama pants, like just soft. I'm wearing them right now. Pants. <laughs> Business on top. Yep. Casual on the bottom. <laughs> and I went to put them on and there is a label that says, warning, flammable, keep away from fire. What? Like, what, do, you, do you sleep near a candle? <laughs> like, hold on a second. Why is there now a label sewn into pants, especially sleep pants that says, caution, keep away from fire. And I'm like, the hell is wrong with this? What is happening to the world? My pants are going to catch on fire. And then I thought, <laughs> do, you, do you sleep like in like a vampire cave with a bunch of kids? I think you'll be okay as long no. as you don't do too much. Exactly. And then I'm going to make it through to tomorrow. Yeah, I'm going to survive. But then I thought, wait a second, wait a second. All clothes are freaking flammable. If you put anything next to the fire, this is going to catch on fire. But there's no label in here that says caution, don't put next to fire. This is the sign of overly litigious times, Rachel. You know this after working in news for a thousand years that a warning is better than a lawsuit. So like, do you, <laughs> what is the world coming to? There's a label in my pants that says I could catch on fire. That's amazing. Well, so I'm anyway, glad you're here and you yes. didn't go any near any open flame before today's show. No, no. Um, and then the second thing that has occurred about two, three nights ago, um, my dog Ringo uh, started growling at the corner, at this corner behind me, up, up in the corner. And we've talked about um, spiritual stuff on this show before about um, things that go bump in the night and ghosts and mediums and astrology and all of that. So hopefully all of you are like, oh, okay, this all makes sense. So the dog starts growling. He's looking up. He's looking up. And then his eyes are going from one side of the room to the other, one side to the other. And I looked. I looked out. There's a window here. So I look out the window. I look with him. Like, both of us, you would have died if you had, like, walked by and seen my head in the window and his head in the window <laughs> like this, like, looking. Like, is there? Is there? 
Is there a person? I don't see a squirrel. I don't see a bird. I don't see anything. And then we sit back down. There's a couch over here and I'm going to play. I have a clip because I recorded it because I was like, ain't nobody going to believe me that this dog was freaking out at nothing. And then he started growling at the opposite corner and <gasps> jumped off and is barking. So I'm going to play this very short 20 second clip. It is a dog barking. So if you do have dogs, <laughs> okay. just know that your dog might start barking. Okay. What is it? What is it? Nothing. Terrifying. What? If you can't see this, it was like looking up at literally an empty quarter in the house. And that was like an evil growl too. Mm -hmm. Remember you said that you had to verbally order out the last word in your house after the drunk night at the bar. Maybe that person caught back up with you. Maybe they're like, LA, I was thinking about coming to the West Coast. Yeah, so girl. <laughs> I heard it's warmer this time of year. I Terrifying. Let Terrifying. me tell you, I ordered that ghost right out. I, I, I stood up right in the corner <gasps> and I said, you are scaring my dog. You have got to go go to the light. You are not welcome to stay here. You are freaking my dog out. And that is not okay. He is a rescue and he does not need this and neither do I. So you have got to go. And um, it went on for like a good 10 more minutes. He was oh growling and growling and looking and looking. This went on for like 30 minutes. And I finally was like, okay, enough. Like you, you got to get out of here because like, I don't care if you have good intentions, you're really scaring my dog. Like you you have to leave. Go to the it's light. Terrifying. Yeah. Dude, you need to get your sage stick back out. You know, I do have time to sage the corners. So okay, yeah, that yeah. Open the window like Gloria taught us. Let all that bad all those bad vibes exit the building. Good thing you're leaving town soon. I'm telling I you. Know. Better I vibes know. on the East Coast right? She's anyway. So tell me what's going on in your world. Okay. So this is funny <laughs> because I was uh we're talking about maternal mental health today, and I've been like very candid about the fact that after we had our second, I just, I just kind of, I, I don't want to say lost it because everybody's like, oh my God, don't be offensive. Fucking, I lost it a little bit. Okay. I lost a grip on what is normal to be afraid of. My height, uh, senses were heightened. My fear of strange things happening was higher than normal, which is saying something because I spent 15 years in news where all you do is record weird shit all the time. Right. So I was already kind of like an on edge individual. And I was thinking about, you know, everybody goes through this stuff when their children are little, if you do experience any sort of, you know, um, mood disorder or something associated with, with pregnancy and childbirth. And you look back and you realize how crazy it was. Well, I'm thinking like, I'm going through this thinking, oh, you know, it's like a little bit bad, but not so bad. And then as recently as this past year, I'm like, oh, I feel like I'm better now, right? I'm like, gonna go talk to Dr. Gertrude Lyons today. I'm a reformed <laughs> woman. I like got my shit together. And then I thought, oh my God, I don't because my, <laughs> shoulder. Um, no, because my sister fully had an anxiety intervention with me last summer where she was like, listen, your kids are, well, my littlest was still three. She had just turned three. And I feel that the people in my life who have been seeing me operate on this heightened level of um, anxiety and nervousness, it was just finally too much. And I'm, I'm grateful that I had someone to call me back and mm -hmm. say, you need either medication or more therapy or alternate therapies. So in full disclosure, I'm just taking CBD, which has been working wonders for me. Mm -hmm. Therapy, I'm a huge advocate of. But anyway, so all of that to say, as we lead into Dr. Lyons today, that this is just so common. And sometimes we don't see the forest through the trees. We don't understand what we're going through until we get through it. So oh. I know my sister out there is laughing, but she like pulled me aside on the beach and she's like, this has got to stop. Do you know what you're like to be around? You're like wow. looking around. I'm looking around like Ringo all the time. <laughs> like the dog. Yes. I'm like barking at corners. I'm like, when's the next disaster? Stay away. It's horrible. I don't want to yeah. be this version of me. Um, so anyway, I yeah. I'm, I, I was, I'm, yeah. I mean, you know, it's, Sunny, it's this insane. happens to people who aren't mothers as well. Like, you yes. know, I've got anxiety and, and all of that. And it wasn't like you don't know you have it until somebody yes. outside actually point blank says like, mm -hmm. hey, 
this is what you're experiencing because like you just think it's normal, right? Like I would go to the doctor and they'd be like, gee, do you like, are you under any, you know, endure like serious stress? And I would be like, no, because I just thought that was normal to be under this like constant level of like stress <clears throat> and fight and flight state of like, yeah, you know, yeah. ready to pounce. It's yeah, you insane. Need- you need that external person yes. to be like, this God. is what's happening to you. Let's get it yep. together. But how are fixed. you doing today? With I'm your- okay. I'm a little overly caffeinated, but you know, I'm going to- br- No, I'm not like literally no. today. I meant like- <laughs> I know. I'm okay. I mean, I don't think I'm there. I really don't. And my youngest yeah. is three and a half. Um, so I'm going to bring on Dr. Lyons now and get it. into it. But yeah. So, and we're going to talk about the fact, Rach, like you said, that this isn't exclusive to biological mothers. This is just, we're all a little bit screwed up. So, right. um, but there right, is so, also a difference and there is something that happens with the there is chemistry when you have children yeah. for sure. Yeah. So, okay. It's I'll insane. let the okay. expert talk about it now. Okay. All right. We'll, we'll see you on the back end of the show, Rach. Thank you so much. Okay. So let's officially introduce today's guest. Dr. Gertrude Lyons is a doctor of education, a coach, and serves as the director of family programs at the Wright Foundation, a nonprofit dedicated to learning, growing, and the realization of human potential. The Wright Foundation also leads parent-child trainings and getaways that are designed to help parents better connect and communicate with their tiny little humans. Dr. Gertrude Lyons, thank you for coming on the show today. Sunny, thank you so much for having me. I'm I've been looking forward to this all week. This is so this is great. This is great. And and we we chatted briefly before the show. You have two older girls now. Can you tell us their ages? Sure. Uh, 24 and 22. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you've been through the crazy days been already. Through so much. And um, and it, it you know, there's much longer breaks in between, but it doesn't end. Yeah. Yeah. That's what my mom says. She said the problems just, they don't go, not the problems, the worry doesn't change. It just changes shape, which really is terrifying to me. Oh, let me out of my own brain. Okay. So here, here's where I want to lead off because, um, I noticed while listening to you on YouTube and browsing through your socials and your website, you specifically mentioned your comment as, or your content, just as I said to Rachel, isn't just technically for mothers in the traditional sense. It's really anyone who has the instinct to nurture or grow. And you say on your site, the current model for mothering in our culture is broken. It is limited, constricting, and disempowering. Tell us how we're getting it wrong. Gertrude. Yeah. Well, there's layers to that, uh, Sunny. So we'll, we'll grab it a few of them, but first of all, what you named, um, which is around expanding the definition, you know, and I make a distinction between mothering and motherhood, right? And motherhood is that choice that we can make as women uh, to bring a child into our life and mother that child in that form. Um, but as women, but also not just as women, but as a feminine value, um, I really want to expand and you know, kind of provide a context for women that we all mother. Um, and we create, we give, we conceive, create, and give birth to children, but also to relationships and careers and new businesses and ideas and dreams and pets and, you know, everything. But wherever we're applying our, you know, the whole spectrum that like how we define, you know, qualities of mothering um, applies to all of us. And I like it for a number of factors. Um, one, it builds muscles and brings, you know, to the forefront just how freaking awesome and valuable and much needed in our world. Uh, anything related to the the qualities of mothering we need, um, but build and strengthen those muscles, bring value to it, but also bring us together as women, you know, so it isn't like, oh, you know, mm-hmm. we're not dividing and like, you know, you're a mother of children, you're not, you're a career mother, you're a stay-at-home mother, but these divisions that we make that I, I really wanted to also be a point of connection for us. I love that. I love that. I do want to focus in specifically on the biological experience of motherhood for a moment, sure. only because there is a serious hormonal change that this chick had no idea was that serious and impactful and life-changing yes. as it was. So we were, we're going to circle back around to different um, concepts that fall under that sort of, like you said, feminine caretaker role. But let's start there because I'm curious to know if the women that you work with, the mothers in your practice, um, have a common point where they realize or a common theme that they mentioned when they realized, okay, I'm a completely different person 
than I was before this child? And, and how do they often come to that realization? Is it a fit of mom rage? Is it um, a physical health issue? What do you hear most frequently happening? Yeah, Sunny, you know, I, I, I don't know that there's a most frequent because it's different for every woman. You know, some of them, some women hit just, you know, hormonal and, and huge emotional emotions during pregnancy, right? Mm -hmm. um, or the, during birth or, or sorry, um, right, you know, after birth. For some, it's, you know, when they hit toddler age. For some, it's when they're a teenager and they might think like, yeah, I've, I kind of like, you know, got this, this thing and nothing's quite triggered them until a certain stage hits. And, and that's something we can talk about. Like, why, why is that it? If we want to go into that. Yeah, let's do it. Let's, let's, let's start in chronological order. We, we've got the birth process and what happens in the body and the mind is just so crazy spectacular. Um, but it's also crazy making. Um, what, what can women who are just about to have their first child or enter into that stage sort of mentally prepare themselves for? And I say that loosely because I know there's really nothing you can technically do to fully prepare yourself. But what do you talk to, or what do you say when you talk to mothers who are entering that stage, maybe the infancy stage too, who are just starting to come to grips with the fact that their life is about to change drastically? Yeah, I, I think it's what is the most common thing I hear uh, from women post-birth is nobody prepared me for this. Um, there's no preparation out there. Um, why aren't why aren't there more classes? Why why isn't there more? Uh, you know, if you think about the extent that we go to school to train for our careers, but we have nothing. We're just supposed to like deal with this thing that isn't just a mental activity, as you said. You know, our whole physio physiology changes, our brain literally changes. And we're flooded, you know, to various degrees of hormonal and um, emotional changes. So one thing, when I'm working with women, like as they're preparing or deciding to to give birth, um, there is more preparation, and I think that that limits us when we think about, you know, we, we're very much in, you know, we can go and look and you know, preparing medically, you know, what we should, we know we're not supposed to, you know, drink caffeine or certain things like that, but we're not prepared for you know, the triggers or to have maybe done any personal work to fortify some of those muscles, right? And how do I prepare myself for an onslaught of strong emotions? And if that isn't something I've done to date, you know, we can, there are crash courses we can do just to have the awareness and just to expect it to some degree and maybe have a support system in place because we don't know, we don't know how, mm -hmm. to what extent it's going to hit us. So I, I, you know, work with women you know, if they have been on a growth path, then we can, you know, foster and build um, around you know, really strengthening our emotional intelligence, right? Like, and knowing what our triggers are. So just to name a couple of them, and you can let me know if you want me to go into any of those more. Yeah, please do. Tell us what it looks like in practice. You know, say a mother is ready to do the hard emotional work, get prepared as much as she can. What, what do we do? What does that look like? Yeah. So when I, when I work with women, either I, I do a mastermind on this, I do, you know, individual coaching and, and um, intensives on it, which is if, you know, say it, you're someone who maybe has done a little bit of work, but, but not that much. Um, there are several things that we, we really want to hit on, particularly around mothering. So first is looking at it culturally, right? Like, so what, Let's, let's get a framework. Like if we were going to go into a new organization, we'd want to know what the culture of that organization is. And we'd want to know its history. And we'd, you know, we, we do all sorts of research like that, but we don't with mothering and we're in a social construct paradigm that's unique to us right now. And that's going to mean there's certain expert advice. You're going to hear so much from family and friends and, and uh, a lot of it's um, myth and a lot of it isn't really founded on anything. So I support women to really dig deep and like do research, you know, cognitive research, find out like how we got to where we are around everything from birth to raising kids to the mom guilt and intensive mothering and this whole paradigm that we're in now that's so damaging for moms. Um, and then we look at, uh, we spend some time looking back at our childhoods and really getting a sense of like, what's going on in my unconscious, right? And 
you know, that can be a lifelong journey, but you can really get at a lot pretty quickly of just mm -hmm. looking at, you know, who raised you, if it's your mother, you mm -hmm. know, what was it like in that atmosphere? What was she like as a mom? Because we're often responding or reacting to that paradigm. Yeah, let me hop in there quickly. I had a whole separate question dedicated to our childhood experiences and how they impact how we mother. But since you brought it up, I want I want to start there. Yeah. Um, so say someone has had a less than ideal experience with their with their mother growing up. And I don't mean that in an abusive way, but in a way that they start to say, I don't want to do it the way my mom did it. What type of dialogue do you encourage that woman have either with her mom, if she's still around, if that's necessary, or with herself to get her mind wrapped around how she wants to parent, like some specific ways that she can get at that. Because I think that that's something that I know I hear a lot of my friends say, I just kind of want to do things a little different. So give us some tactics to work Absolutely. with that. Um, yeah. Well, I'll, I'll speak a little bit about my own journey, right? So in my process of trying to conceive, right? Um, even before I was even able to conceive, I wasn't, I went on birth control, I wasn't getting periods and my body was just not cooperating, you know? So I went at it very holistically. I did look medically and was very turned off by, by that, but that's another story. Um, but I knew it had to be part of it, right? So I really went at it deeply emotionally and looking at like, I, but I've, I've someone who's always said they wanted to have children, like what, what's going on here? And um, so tactically, I, you know, I, I worked with a MD acupuncturist, I worked, you know, on diet, I worked on, you know, a number of things, but the emotional work, which I think is more unique, and a, a lot of women may, you know, kind of shy away from it, or be a little afraid to enter that territory. It's you, you can come at another way, a lot of ways, like some is just talking about it, right? We want to, you know, do um, a deep dive into everything from what I loved about how I was raised and my and the mothering I received and what I resent and what I don't like. You can decide at some point if you want to share that and get clear and current. Um, you know, and I, there's ways that we set context and a vision for that around that relationship. But then there's other ways to kind of get out of our head, right? I did something called um, dynamic breath work and body work, right? So there's memories stored, emotional memories stored in our bodies, you know, that we don't have conscious awareness of. And so much happens in the first two years of life that we don't have words for, right? <laughs> so, um, but we can access them to different degrees and, and just, you know, be in that process. So I was doing a bodywork session with my coach at the time. And um, I, I don't remember what happened kind of leading up to it, but it was one of those like, epiphany, you know, aha moments that are like gold, you know, when you're doing this kind of work and you don't need to have something like this, but this one happened for me, which was, oh my God, <laughs> I'm, I really want to be a mom, but I'm afraid to be a mom, right? Like I'm afraid to be a mom like my mom had been. And don't get me wrong. Like there's tons of ways my mom was wonderful, but there were also like, I, um, had a very enmeshed, dependent, you know, she was very overbearing and I was, didn't know how unconsciously afraid of that I was. And when that, when I got to that realization and just let myself like be with that and feel it, um, I'm not saying it was the one thing because I was doing all these other things, but everything shifted and I did then start menstruating and then we started our conception journey, which is a whole nother, a whole nother story. Can I hop in when you say overbearing? Um, what what do you mean by that? And if you're comfortable talking about, yeah, no, not a, I just I'm curious. Yeah, so she was um, incredibly critical, right? So it was her way or the high. I learned to comply. I decided to take the role in the family of like complying. You know, I kind of took it on as my job to take care of her. So that meant, you know, doing whatever she said. And I believe me, I, I heard it if it didn't match what she wanted, and that was you know, a lot of those memories are around like how like, clothing, they weren't like, you know, like you're a terrible person. You know, there were things that, that she acknowledged me for, but you know, there was kind of some incessant criticism. And, you know, if you asked for her opinion, you better follow it or, you know, in her words, you know, don't ask my opinion. And she's mm -hmm. quite clear to say, I'm always right. Like if I say something, it's right. And, oh, yeah. you know, that, that kind of, you know, over, 
overbearing. Does that make sense? It makes total sense. And gosh, it is making me just, and not that I'm, I'm pretty deliberate with my words with my kids, but just making me realize how much our young children in particular can really absorb um, our interactions, not only with them, but other people and who they perceive us to be in the world, how that impacts them. And, you know, I don't want to like throw one more thing for mothers to worry about out there because I feel like we are constantly critical of our own actions. But um, it's food for thought, Gertrude. And I, I love that this is part of the discussion because um, I do, I just do think so much of how we mother and parent, at least in my experience, yeah. is informed by that. And it has taken me marrying someone who is completely opposite of me to be acutely aware of my shortcomings. Thankfully, we work well together. And so yeah. where I lack, he is strong and vice versa. But um, it's just something to think about. They're always listening. They're always watching. They listen how we talk to them. They listen how we talk to ourselves, how we talk to our partners. It's bonkers how much it work. And we, we can't drive ourselves like too crazy about that. But, you know, to be aware, and I always tell moms too, like, you know, we're not going to do it perfectly. And yes, they, we are their models. Like, I don't care, you know, they're, they're absorbing, we're wiring them just as we were wired, you know, in our childhoods. Um, as adults, we then have choice. Okay. But they're being wired and that choice, but they also know when we're working on it, you know, they also, mm -hmm. you know, get, you know, any amount that we decide to, you know, explore this or, or take this on or do a little bit better, um, you know, and find ways, you know, to, to deal with, you know, like, listening to this, you know, to this show or this podcast, that means, you know, we care and we're, we're looking for something, but the important thing is then that, you know, we have choice, right? So mm -hmm. we don't want to mm -hmm. just reactively say, I'm going to not, you know, be my mom, um, or I have to do it just like that, but that we then create a vision for what our mothering is going to look like and set our own right. standards. I've also embraced the apology. I know that generations past have said, doesn't matter what I say, it's like you said, your mom said, it's right because I'm your mom and I am older than you. But I have started to just really embrace apologizing to my kids. And I'll be frank and I'll say, listen, I completely lost my temper there. I just want you to know you didn't do anything. I just am having a hard day and I'm really, really sorry that I screwed oh, up. But that, I'm not perfect. I mean, this is not like me yeah. trying to, oh, look at me, a parenting expert, but no. I am a quick to react kind of gal. I'm Italian, Dr. Lyons. So <laughs> Not not to make generalizations. I love that. No, no. We run hot in our family. You know what I'm saying? So, um, yes, I have found that that is, if you can't stop it before it happens, I try to acknowledge and apologize. So, well, can I add to that, Sunny? Because something sure. you can do then from that is can we have a do over? And oh I would do do overs a lot with my kids. Like, you know, and they start would start calling on me. They're like, is this is this about me or are you stressed mom? You know, or, I love that. You know, when you start doing that and they're like, Oh, I'm going to share one other one story is my, my daughter was in like third grade or something. And, you know, so we've been practicing. I, cause I, I don't think we should act like we know it all. Right. Cause we don't. And it doesn't mean we're like, Oh, I'm so sorry. Or like, you know, the like kind of swarmy apology, but it's like, Oh yeah, no, you didn't deserve that whole charge that I just gave you. Yes. I'm upset with what you did. And we can talk about that, but you got way more and let's do a do-over. Let's, let's do this differently. And one time I came into my daughter's room and she was like in third grade or something. And, and I don't know what I, I triggered me, but something right. That was innocuous. And, and she looked at me and she's like, mom, do you need a session? Like, I'll, 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 I'll do a session for you. <laughs> oh, Gosh, that is brilliant. Is she studying like psychology she or did, psychiatry? Yeah, she's graduating with a psychology degree that she's not going to use in that uh, direction, but she's, it was, and I, you know, and I've thought about it. I'm like, should I like do that? Like, I don't want her like, you know, taking on my problems, but like, you know, why not play with it? Right. And she's like, tell me about your day. You know, I love it. Oh my gosh. Oh, that is adorable. And you know what? It is important, I think, too, for kids to realize that their parents aren't always perfect and right. Because I, I remember a distinct moment in, in childhood thinking, oh my God, they're human. They're human after all. My parents are not like these pre-programmed statue people that are just sort of ushering me through life. They're human oh, and they mess up. And that's kind of scary too, because you're like, well, who's actually, who's actually steering this ship? So maybe if they realize it younger, they'll become 
a little better at being independent. So I love that. I want to, I want to move right into mom rage because I feel like, you know, the topic that we have been pushing here, because this is a perfect segue into it. My first question for you is, is it possible to stop it before it happens? I was going to ask if it's normal, but I, I know that it is normal. I know that everybody has an explosion of anger as a parent. So I'll ask you what tactics you use to maybe halt or divert that energy. Yeah. Well, we can start, and it, there were a couple times, like in our conversation, like, oh, you know, this this is related to mom rage, right? Like, um, because some of the preemptive, like when you say, like, is, are there things we can do to to mitigate it or lessen it, like, you know, before we get there? And um, one of the things I would say about that is, in this whole, you know, looking at our past and our uh, and our upbringings, when we can come to identify. Um, unfinished business, as we call it, or triggers or places where we have like deeper hurts or wounds or, you know, um, things that way emotions and expressions that, that weren't allowed. So the, the more we are with that, we can then sometimes recognize in the moment, like, you know, what the trigger is most often not, you know, most, most often, like if, if it's hit that level and, um, Dr. Bob Wright, who, you know, has founded these trainings that we're, that we'll talk about and was my coach one time I remember saying, you know, like, Oh, like, I just want to like, you know, I, I'm so angry. And, um, you know, I had moments of reaching mom range. He's like, well, you know, that means you've let something, one reason can be you've let something build for too long. Right. Like, so say it's a behavior of theirs. Um, sometimes, you know, we're, we're, we're busy, whatnot. And we've, we've let it go, let it go, let it go. And then it's going to hit a point where it's, you know, we've, we've reached our limit and we, and we blow. Right. So where we can learn to notice things before when it's just kind of an agitation about something that they're, that's triggering us or that they're doing specifically. Um, and we, you know, set up guidelines, parameters around that behavior, because one thing for moms, right. like if I'm going to say a, a to do, you know, for, for all of us is our satisfaction and us being pleased and us, you know, having it our way is the best thing our, for our family, for our kids, mm -hmm. for our relationship, for our family, because we're the quality control and kids want to please us ultimately, you know, they, 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 they really do want, you know, positive attention, but they're also going to get any kind of attention. Mm -hmm. Any kind of attention doesn't unfortunately translate to attention. Right. So, um, so that's a lot of the like historical, but mm -hmm. um, when we talk about in the moment, uh, if, if you have done, you know, some work and you've learned to like identify like, wow, I'm like super triggered right here. This is hitting something, you know, big and deep for me. Um, we're not going to like, you know, necessarily like stop and go into that with our child, but naming the emotion, like literally naming, I'm really angry right now or, I'm really afraid right now because I don't know, you know, what to do that can calm our amygdala, you know, that can help bring, get us. Cause once we've started hitting that spot, we're in our primal amygdala hijack, so to speak. And when we're there, we've lost our, you know, frontal lobe functioning. So we can learn to practice just saying that emotion out loud, you know, what are we actually feeling? And it can help bring us, you know, back, and, and kind of down and with ourselves again, because we want to get back in the moment, right? We've lost ourselves either in some historical trigger or, you know, some brain, you know, uh, neuroscience, you know, amygdala thing. So anything we can do. I love that. By the way, guys, I want to mention, if you're watching this live, please do drop in questions. We've gotten a couple of comments so far. Shelly says, I've coached my child to remind me to calm down when I start to lose my mind. Um, I love that. And I will be stealing that as well. Just give them, okay, if you hear mom get a little crazy, just say, hey, mom, calm down. And hope don't freak out when they say that. You were giving this example at the, at the beginning of that question where we're talking about mom rage about patterns we've created in our kids, whether on purpose or inadvertently. And all that I could think of was like Dr. Frankenstein's monster. Like I created this, like sometimes when my kids aren't listening, I have to literally hold up the mirror and be like, listen, why do you think they're not listening? Because every time they don't listen, you're either too busy to acknowledge it and discipline it, or you just kind of move right past it in order to get to the next thing on your to-do list. So mm -hmm. that really struck a chord. It's my fault. 
it's actually my fault that they don't listen sometimes because I need more clearly need more boundaries in some cases. Yeah. You know, more boundaries, more, you know, limits, you know, kids like thrive with limits and boundaries. You know, we've, we've kind of go back and forth and, you know, in our culture of parenting, um, around that, but, you know, um, they've done studies right on a, on a child who's given, you know, they're, they're put in a, in an atmosphere where there's no fence, you know, no, um, no boundary. Right. And, but they'll, they'll stay super close to the playground equipment, right. When that's the case. And then they put a fence around the playground and then the kids explored the whole, the mm, whole landscape. Wow. Right. That's um, fascinating. Yeah. Isn't it? I, I, I found that to, to be, really be so. And, um, so when we know that our limits and boundaries, choices, consequences, you know, those kind of things, when we bring in those tools into our parenting are just our, our best gift. Right. And, and there might be, and I always, you know, support parents, like pick one, you know, pick a behavior that really, you know, you've let happen. Right. Cause I think you, you saying that and owning, like we are the authors here, we've allowed uh, a behavior that really triggers us or doesn't support us to, to, to go on and, or with intermittent reinforcement, sometimes, you know, we give them consequences for it. Sometimes we don't, well, that's, you know, a surefire way. We want to pick something we can be consistent with and, um, and set a, a clear, you know, standard and boundary around. What is a, a common issue you hear parents of young children come in with? Is it lack of listening? Is it inability to, you know, get them to express themselves in a healthy way? Like what is a big, and, and I'm talking, you know, zero to five. Yeah. Yeah. In, in the, the zero to five, like, well, I'm going to say this because it popped in my mind related to this is, um, you know, they're really smart and they're, <laughs> yes, they're they perceptive and they're just, they read us like a book and they're, they're barometers and they learn really early, like what triggers us or how they can like, and I don't mean this, like they're doing it like meanly they're, you know, they're wired to survive. Right. So they need to figure out the family system. They need to figure out where they fit in. Um, so a lot of what I work with, with especially the young ones is, you know, parents with, with real little ones is, you know, from the beginning, you know, really look at and be aware of, of the influence we're all having on each other. Right. Um, so one of the complaints might be, you know, my child, uh, and you know, they're, they're little and they won't, they won't go to sleep in their own room, right? Like that's, that, that's a common one. It's not like a bad thing, but you know, they wake up every night and they come in, in your room and you can decide if that's something you want or don't want, but if it's something that you don't want, cause you need your sleep. Um, cause they say they're scared. You know, we had something with our daughter when she was around five that she couldn't find us one day in our, in our home. And cause we were in the basement, like kind of in the far back in the basement and she came looking for us couldn't find us and just, you know, had kind of a meltdown. I was super upset. So we worked with her around, you know, then she said we could never leave the second floor, right? We were never allowed <laughs> to leave. We're like, well, we can't do that, honey. Like we, we, we need to be able to go around the house. Um, so we tried different things. We'll put this teddy bear at the stairs. That means we're in the basement, you know, and kind of tried some of these strategies. She wasn't buying any of it. Right. And she's just like, nope, too scared. Not going to do it. But then we worked with our coach, um, my husband and I in a couple session, and then she started asking us, what were we afraid of and what was going on in our lives that maybe we weren't expressing or talking about? Well, it turns out my husband was making a huge career change, leaving the company and starting his own business right at that time. I was just looking to go back to work. Um, and we were just kind of carrying on as if none of this was like that big a deal, but once we started talking about, you know, our fears with each other, this wasn't even directly with her right away. And then we started talking. Um, and then we just, you know, we made kind of a simple comment with them. Like, you know, we realized like we have a lot going on in our family and we're kind of scared and that like behavior ended. Like, mm -hmm. oh, wow. So it's something I don't think is talked about a lot. Like, you know, when I read articles or look at things around, you know, even mom rage or tantrums and stuff is we forget to look at the system, you know, and they're playing when we say this, they're barometers, right? And when they're little, before we've socialized them out of their emotions, they have really strong ones, right? And they, 
And a lot of times parents just don't know how to deal with, we don't know how to deal with strong emotions. So some of that is our own, you know, fact that they emotions weren't okay in our life. And now here we are supposed to like calm them and soothe them. And, you know, and I, I see things about like, you know, calm yourself, like, yeah, breathe, definitely do all that, but understand that there's could, could be a whole lot more going on inside you and that impacts in our lives. And, you know, so look at this year, right? Is there, it's not an accident that kids, you know, that maybe had normal amounts of tantrums, you know, they're through the roof now and, you know, we're all feeling it and they're feeling some of ours. So the more we can take care of ourselves, um, and we also call this growing up with our children, right? Like yes. give ourselves, we have to give ourselves what we know is good for them. Right. And we can do that sometimes in the moment, sometimes, you know, outside. As, as kids get older, I kind of want to walk through various stages and these can be kind of generic answers, but sort of acknowledging that our listenership has children sort of across the spectrum. We just covered zero to five as they get in that um, preteen age, you know, five to 10 ish, and they're becoming more aware of their place in the world. They start to worry about what's cool and not cool. Or in my case, they start to pull their hand away from you at school drop-off or they used to before COVID and it starts to break your heart a little bit. What advice do you have for parents in that particular age group to remain emotionally connected? Because they're out of the baby stage, they're becoming their own people, but they're not quite in that um, early teenager stage yet either. Yeah. You know, um, there's so much that goes with that, Sunny. I, I love that question because you know, first we'll keep underlining, right? Like at every stage of your child's life, like you lived that age as a child, right? And so, you know, one thing I love to, you know, propose in all the work we do that in all of this and in all of this craziness of parenting is this opportunity of your own personal transformation, right? So identifying, taking time to look at like, what was that age range for me? Because it's going to be different for everybody. Some people had like, you know, easy times as children at certain ages, but then who knows, maybe at that time, that's when their parents got divorced, you know, at nine, 10 or something like that in those ages. So you might then, you know, shift your behavior or, you know, have emotions come up that you don't even understand when you're dealing with, with your child. So giving that as an example, but you want to, it is, and you named it, like it is a time that one of the hardest jobs of parenting is to know that our job is to make them into um, independent, thoughtful, you know, critical thinking beings that leave you, right? Like, is that just like, who signs up for that, right? Like, that you're <laughs> Crazy. pour your heart into, you know, yeah. give so much to, um, and to know that you did your job well is that they're off and on their own um, living well, right? So, mm -hmm. and that's where we get, you know, if you have a partner, you know, like to, to go to them and say, when that child uh, doesn't want to be with you like they usually, like they used to, or snuggle, or, you know, like you said, hold your hand going into school, like the, validate those emotions and have them, you know, fully with people. Cause that's, you know, that's part of your healing, part of your letting go. Um, so kind of a combination, right? Like the, in the moment feelings that you're having about um, the stages that really involve them becoming more independent beings, you know, you know, have like have places that you can really like dive into those. It's it's a beautiful gift that they're giving you. Um, but also there might be triggers of stuff that's going on for them. And, um, you know, you maybe suddenly find yourself super overprotective because that was mm -hmm. a scary time for you or, you know, things like that. that we mm -hmm. Sort of be aware of what we were like. We remember, I guess, too, because yeah. we all have those feelings with our parents. With too. Awareness, we have more choice, right? I just want to underline that. Yeah. Like, we, we, our choice is limited when we think like, or we're just like, try this strategy, but it doesn't have any meaning to us. Mm -hmm. um, but we can expand our choices the more we know about ourselves. Are you an advocate of the once a week, once every two weeks, sit the kid down, just ask what's going on, kind of the face-to-face -face conference, so it was, as it were, right. or... And how does that look? I mean, because there are some kids who are more willing to lay it on the line, and there are some who prefer to be in the back seat of the van when you ask them a question. So how can we practically connect with our kids on a regular basis and actually get them to open up? Oh, I love that, Sonny. You know, it's it's a dance, right? Um, but when you said that like once a week or, or, you know, one, just to, you know, give your children or child um, some of their own dedicated time. And that doesn't have to be a lot. That doesn't have to be, you know, a whole day. Um, but, you know, sometimes we call them our, you know, mom, daughter, date, whatever, but 
when they know that they're going to get, and it, it, you can decide if this is like five minutes a day, you know, a 15 minute chunk of time a week that you have just with them. And you can do things like, all right, you get to decide what we're going to do uh, for that half hour, 15 minutes, hour. You know, like I said, we, we, we kind of talk about what works for each individual parent and, you know, you, you build kind of security and safety that way, you know, um, oftentimes, especially if they're older and you haven't done something like that, you say, we're going to start having a weekly talk and you're going to share, you know, they're, they're going to be like, no, you know, what? <laughs> they're um, going to invest in a padlock for their door. Gertrude. They're going to exactly. be like, no thanks. I'll text right. you. <laughs> right. But if you've had some, you know, things that were more playful and, and, you know, every now and then putting in like, so tell me about, you know, such and such and leave, you know, open-ended questions are always, you know, much better than like specific, like, are you liking school or how's it going with so-and-so, you know, but just, you know, tell me about, you know, band, band. I don't know why that came up, uh, you know, but tell me about this, the sport and you leave it um, more open-ended. Uh, something else I'll, I'll offer that you can do like individually with each child or as a family, because if I haven't gotten the point across, like having, you know, more awareness, more connection um, and openness with our primary emotions is, you know, such a lifesaver and gift that you can give yourself and your family. And, you know, if that's not something, you know, you're acclimated to, fine, you know, we can do, you can do it together with your family and a way um, that I do this with, you know, and we've done it all along with our family. We still do it as a couple and with our adult, with our adult daughters, which is play the feelings game, we call it. And, you know, if it's a, if you have a meal together, there's a time, or you're just with one of them individually where each person gets a turn to share about their day and somewhere where they felt each of what I consider five primary emotions, fear, hurt, anger, sadness, and joy. And we can talk about those five, you know, separately. So from there, they, we all get to start thinking about our day differently. We've all felt each of those five emotions, you know, numerous, many times in our day, but we don't know to identify them. We don't know to normalize the fact that we're having these, you know, through our day. And I can't say, you know, that was always met, like our kids always love playing the feelings game, but they so appreciate it now. And, mm -hmm. you know, really felt like the, um, foundation that that gave them in their lives has, has been really big and it's allowed them to like feel more okay to share with us. Yeah. I love that. And I will be stealing that. Um, okay. I want to get to come a couple of uh, Instagram sure. slash Facebook questions we got and you can answer them as quickly or as um, sort of detailed as you like. They kind of span the um, experiences here. So mm -hmm. the first one says, what's a quick way to remind ourselves that we are doing enough? Yeah. Well, my quick answer to that is like, you're doing enough. You know, if, if you're listening to the show, it means you care, right? If you, and we so underestimate that because we're so used to looking at our faults. And I, you know, I feel kind of teary thinking about it now because we're so hard on ourselves, you know, and we've learned to be hard on ourselves in school and in our careers. And then this is no different. Only, you know, we know the state, our hearts in this more than anything else. Um, so if, it, 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 a, a lot of times, I'll, you know, I'll tell moms, it's not quantity, it's quality. You know, if you have, a, you know, a moment of interaction with your, your child in a day that, you know, is, is something positive, that's great, you know, but you exploring, looking at the, at yourself, you wanting the best for them, you know, and, and having the best intentions around that. Um, if anything, I usually find parents are, you know, are, are definitely enough and they want to be more and that's great, but you have to start with that you are enough. And yeah. that's probably, you know, something we feel in our life anyway, it just gets triggered with so hugely with raising kids. Like we have to know in our life that I'm enough. And that's, that's a big, that's a life journey to be on. To, on yeah. Family. And it's harder these days with a constant barrage of outside social media prompts and, oh. you know, expectations to say nothing of the expectations on us as individuals, you know, let alone mom. So yes, I like where you, what you said, just you, you are, you probably are and just give yourself and love you, for that. And writing notes to yourself around it, like literally, like mm -hmm. I can't, you know, there's nothing corny about like saying it to yourself in the mirror several times a day. Like, you know, um, if I look in the mirror, then I will say I am enough or that I matter or, you know, you're, 
you're doing a good job, you know, that, that, um, that we can reinforce it for ourselves. So it's become something that we really start believing. I love we have that. to fake it till we make it sometimes. Yes, we do. In motherhood and in life, we exactly. got to just smile through it sometimes. Um, the next question says, how can I best prepare for postpartum anxiety for my third baby if I had it after my second? Yeah. Well, um, you know, and I, I, I think now, you know, having had the experience, um, you know, not, not being able to like, you know, ask other questions. Like, I, I don't know if like what you did, you know, for that child, like worked for you. Um, but you do have experience to, to build on from that. Right. And any of the things that I've talked about here as we've been together around, you know, your, um, emotional like workouts and because it, you know, the postpartum depression, um, you know, it, there's such a range in it and, you know, how do we, you know, how can we practice being with, uh, strong emotions, right? So depending on where you're at and in, in your life around grappling, you know, with strong emotions, because in our culture, we think the, the most important thing is to just damp them down, right. And like shut them off. Um, but if we can learn to ride the waves of them and you know, that, you know, there's, you know, when I say like crash course, you know, we can definitely like raise awarenesses on like what that's going to be like, what were the warning signs? Like, was there, were there things that, you know, and what's my support system and how strong is it? Uh, the people are really going to, you know, support me and, you know, be with me through the strong emotions and places I can get myself, you know, fully expressed and know that all of these feelings are, are okay. Cause a lot of times we just don't think they're okay. And I'm talking, you know, on the, I'm going to call it, you know, on the continuum, not, you know, there's, there's times sometimes, you know, we, we, medication is, is your best resource, but there's often a lot more we can do and try and be with before we get to that point. Cause awesome. then oh. you can see how, you know, resilient and powerful you are once you've worked through that. Yeah. I'm hearing a lot of uh, you, uh, free, you frequently say checking in with yourself and acknowledging our own feelings because that is what projects. And I love that because it's all about, there are some things we can't control as parents and we can't control who our kids are. Right. I've no, learned that. We can't control a colicky baby. We can't control, no. you know, um, this, we can't control COVID, you know? <laughs> right. Right. But we can control how our triggers are activated and how we are emotionally honest with ourselves. And I like that because it gives us a sense of, it gives us a sense, not even a sense of control, a, a true modicum of control. And we can't fix everything, but um, hearing you put everything through that lens that it starts here is, is very helpful to me. Yeah. And um, we forget that we've invited these kids on a journey. You know, we, my husband and I believe like, you know, we invited children into our lives, right. So that we could all learn and grow together. You know, not that I am now suddenly supposed to be parent expert, you know, and do some job that I've had no training for. It's like, you know, yes, I can, you know, learn about myself, learn skills. There are good parenting skills, you know, to, to learn, but we're in this together, right? Mm -hmm. And we're all learning and growing along the way and growing up together. And it, that, that journey is, gives a lot more grace, you know, a, a lot more expansion into um, what's possible for all of us. I love that. I love that. Okay. Speaking of colic, you mentioned that this is our final question that I want to get to today. It says my little one had colic badly and I still have PTSD about it. It's one of the reasons I only had one child. I don't want more kids at this point, but what are some coping tips for allowing myself to be at peace with what happened? And she mentions even having difficulty going back and looking at pictures or videos from that time, yeah. because it's so triggering. Um, you know, my, my heart definitely goes out to you at that, you know, that's an experience like no other. I didn't go through it, but I've supported, you know, and been around colicky babies. And, you know, that just wears you thin. And one to, you know, just to have a lot of compassion for yourself. And Kristen Neff has a lot of um, really great tips and work around self-compassion. You know, I um, that's one place to start. But also, you know, this might be a, a good place to do, you know, some other modalities like breath work like that I talked about that helped me get at, um, cause there may be, you know, other things that are tied to other experiences that, you know, that long stint of, of colic, um, triggered, you know, or, you know, that also then is kind of sitting there, 
you know, because mm-hmm. like I said, our emotions have me- have memory, you know, and they're, they are sitting in, in there. So if you can find a safe place, you know, and, and coach or, you know, someone to work with that can help, you know, ease you into that and guide you through it. Um, I, I, I just think it would be huge because I don't want you not experiencing, you know, all of life, whether there, there might be other things that you're, you say no to just because it has the same trigger. It's not going to be a colicky baby exactly, but I'd love for you to have some peace with that, some awareness, you know, of, of what that is. And sometimes it does mean going back into it, but that can be done in some beautiful, safe environments. I love that. That's wonderful advice. Just as a quick side note, Maria, who's watching live says it helps a lot to know that others have the same thoughts and feelings as moms. I definitely am going to talk to my therapist about some of these points. Yeah. I have actually found that to be, um, not that I don't love and espouse therapy very much, but that to me has been the single most comforting thing, knowing that in the depths of my anxiety or issues as a mom, just knowing that someone has been there someone has tread this ground, someone has felt these feelings, like immediately lifted some of that weight. So, you know, it's why I do what I do on this show, even if it's not mom related, these points of connection are so vital. And what you offer to people with your advice and your coaching is just great because it's an affirmation of that. I'm just so grateful we live in a time where we can do this, right? We can sit on our couches and and have these honest conversations. And and it's, it's just, we need so many more of them because so much of our you know, culture has been like the only show, the wonderful, right. And social media and all the places where, you know, as much as we might know better, like we think we're alone because it doesn't look like anybody else is having these issues till you find places like this, or, you know, you seek it out to know that of course you're not alone. It's, it's a hard, hard, messy job. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Nobody is doing, nobody is having an easy time. It's just impossible. Yeah. Like you said too, when you, and when you go through one stage or you get through one challenge as a parent or something to worry about, there's always something else next. So knock on wood, I'll learn how to deal with these a little bit better um, after your advice. So tell us before we let you go, Gertrude, where we can find you and some more of the work that you're doing with the right foundation so that if someone's interested in connecting with you on that level that they can. No, I'd be happy to. So um, you can reach me on my website, which is www.drgertrudelyons.com. Try and make it easy. Um, you can also find me on Instagram, which is at Dr. Gertrude Lyons. And, you know, you can DM me, send me a message. I'm, I'm, I'm happy to connect that way. And then, you know, I was telling Sunny that one of the things that made a huge difference in raising my kids was an offering that we have that I, you know, and director of our parent, we have these parent-child weekends right? And this year they're online, which sounds like a little like, oh, not another thing online, but um, we, we really have made them um, on offline just, but talk about like a place where we can get real with each other. Um, it's really a place, we started them for parents to have a place to work through um, and get, you know, really solid skills in the moment while we're with our kids kids learn, you know, really valuable social, emotional intelligence skills, how to like set goals, leadership. Um, so they're really fun, beautiful, but also really poignant. So we have one of those coming up for mothers and sons and fathers and daughters, uh, February 19th, 19th, 20th, 21st. And happy to share more about that. If you send me a, a note and I can, um, give you some more information on those weekends. Cause they're, they're, they're really powerful. I can't say enough about them. I love it. I love that idea and that you guys have adapted to the times. One final, just let's put, let's let's put a bow on it. As I like to say, after (laughs) I fight with my husband, I'm like, we got to talk about this. Okay. Now let's put a bow on it. Um, True journalist at heart. I have to bullet point myself. So to put a bow on this discussion, to kind of give advice and perspective for anyone who's experiencing any of the uncomfortable emotions that come along with motherhood, be it mom rage, postpartum anxiety, in more severe cases, depression. Can you offer us some words of wisdom and hope to get through? Yeah. Um, first, that those feelings that we talked about, you know, from the practical side, doing things to get acclimated, like the feelings game and, you know, any other, you know, work around acclimating to your emotions, but to shift the the belief or paradigm that me having, you know, you know, getting to the point of rage or that is just, it's, it's, it's just a sign from our system that 
we have something to look at. You know, there's something, you know, if we if you're curious about it, there's a lot we can discover, you know, out of that behavior versus just try and manage it or handle it. Um, but use it as an invitation and an exploration and understand that all of the emotions, um, and we're not going to feel our full joy with our kids unless we feel our full mm -hmm. anger, pain, fear, you know, and, and to um, really start becoming friends with our emotions. Ah, oh, that was so beautiful. I'm pulling that quote from my Instagram. That was amazing. <laughs> Dr. Gertrude Lyons, thank you so much for spending thank time you. with me this, this morning. Is just such, such a treat, Sunny. And thank amazing. you for doing what you do. It's beautiful. Oh, thank you. It's my pleasure. We'll, we'll be chatting on Instagram, I'm sure. So thanks again for your time. We'll see you soon, Dr. Lyons. Great. Thank you. Bye. Ah, oh, that was good. Um, I love, I'm going to bring producer Rachel on. Rach, can you hop on a little bit? We talk all the time about this stuff, don't we? Like how we were raised, how we were mothered. And doesn't it blow your mind that like we can't get away with anything because kids are always watching and... Oh yeah. They're always like reacting. I got to say, I've sort of been in the camp of, I really don't know if I want to have kids. Like I I've never really felt that um, need or knowing like at all, but hearing a lot of um, what Dr. Gertrude was saying just about like, it's an opportunity for us to grow with them and like recognizing that just straight up, like, I'm super terrified, like, of doing like any and all of it, you know, um, is, is, is a good way because people like, you know, I'm single and I'm date, you know, people are like, Oh, do you want to have kids? And I'm like, I don't know. But I yeah. think actually, the answer is, um, I'm afraid. Uh, but um, I think when you have the right person and the right partner in your life to, to do it with, it makes a huge difference. It does. And it's hard to tell a person you're on a date with, like, yeah, I want to have kids with you. Like, I don't even freaking know you. Like, how am I supposed <laughs> to, like, just know, like, that you're going to be able to, like, do this with me, you know? <laughs> you know what's funny, too, is, like, I'm thinking about this and not to, like, crap on Andrew because he is as um, supportive as a parent can get. Amazing. My husband, yeah. yeah, he's amazing. but. Um, you know, it still was always my work to do, like not the physical labor, but the, the, the work up here mm -hmm. and any challenge that I had, whether it be anxiety related as much concern as I had from the outside, like I said, from, from my sister or my mom or my husband, um, what I loved that Gertrude was saying is that it was, it's only I could do the work, right? Yeah. Only I can control the mom rage. Only I can control the way that I react or how I communicate with my kids. And it's scary because it's a massive, massive responsibility. But I don't know. I find a lot of freedom in that. So as much as you have support, oh, gosh, this is like sounding really depressing. I'm like, nope, you're in it alone. You're not. But <laughs> you know well, what you I mean. Are. You're in it alone with yourself well, first. Like you've got to check in with yourself and figure yes, your shit yes. out. You you have to take care of you is what I'm saying. And that's, sure. I think what I've learned is that at the urging of people and thank God I had those people that held the mirror up to me, or I would have just kind of kept my head down and kept going. But um, it and did I, come down to it. It came down to me calling the therapist or mm -hmm. getting on a supplementation routine or getting out of the house. It always came down to what I was willing to do with myself, which is to, to dive even deeper, something I never saw my mom have the ability to do. The time or the luxury or the privilege to do was to, she couldn't step away and reflect and take care of herself. And she did such an amazing job for someone who was nose to the grindstone 24 seven. So yeah. it's just, man, it just gives you a whole different appreciation after oh. you. Oh my gosh. Yes, for sure. I think, um, there was something I wanted to say and now it has left me, but knowing that like our, knowing our own feelings. Oh, I remembered. Uh, and it comes back to my dog. So we started this conversation about how um, Gertrude was saying that we parent in all sorts of ways, not just mm -hmm. with raising children and deciding to invite them into our lives and our experience and, and growing together. But like I have realize so much more about like how to be a mother to my dog, right? Like he's a rescue. So he's afraid of things and I have to give him boundaries and training. Like there's so much I have learned that's taken 
so much of the fear away. Like when I first got him, I was so afraid of like, how do I make him safe? How do I make him know he's loved and that he's okay and that he's not going to bark at somebody else and like all of these things. And like knowing that I can do this with a dog also means I can do this with myself, right? Like I can be compassionate to myself and acknowledge my own feelings outside of raising a dog, right? Like I'm not raising a dog, but I'm (laughs) doing those kinds of things. Like I think it takes a lot of that fear away from like the fact of like, if I did decide to be a parent, just knowing that that's something I could do. Like I, I, I have the chance to do it. Yes. You're, you would be so good. I bet you're kind of you, but I mean, not that it's like a competition to like win or something, but truly it's, it's, it's the Uh, women I see who are connecting with their real feelings, who aren't going out of their way to make it seem a certain way. There are parents who, you know, like to make it seem like it's easy. And that's great. If that's your bag, baby, as Austin Powers says, if like, if it's your bag to make it seem like it's easy all the time, more power to you. But for me being able to live, you know, or or to have friendships that allowed me to like be authentic and messy and yucky and angry and have mom rage has really helped me. And you're that kind of person. You're honest with who you are to yourself in the world. So you'll be fine. Yeah. Can I be the godmother? Of course, Sunny. Of course. And then you're going to be the one that I'm going to call and say, God damn it, Sunny. Why did you tell me I could do this? I can't do this. I don't know what I'm doing. Take this child for a weekend. Just add 10 you already have. I will take it. I will take any. I would I would have another baby now if I could, but I can't. So I won't. But yes, I'll take your baby. Well, I will if take I have one, I'll just you can just have mine for like months at a time. It'll be fine. Just draw draw my mom with Auntie Sunny. I will take care. Oh gosh. Okay, Rach, thank you anyway, so much. Yes. All right. I'll see you girl. Bye. <laughs> Uh, Thank you guys so much for tuning into this episode. This was full of such great information. This is one of those interviews that I I didn't expect it to go like it did in the best way possible. Um, I love a good tip and takeaway and tactic and something we can like sort of dig our teeth into. But truly what I took away from this interview, and maybe you did too, maybe not, hit me up on Instagram and let me know your thoughts, but um, is that we own our emotions and therefore we we can be in control of at least one aspect of how things turn out. We may not control the end result, but we can control how we, how we react to it. It was just very empowering for me to hear um, Gertrude say that. So please do follow her on Instagram. Follow me on Instagram at Sunny Abada. I have said this before and I urge you, please, 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 please do this. Leave a rating and review on Apple podcasts, especially, or wherever you listen. It makes a huge difference Um, and how this show gets out and gets to people who might enjoy it or find it useful. Please do that. That's actually not even a request. That's a demand. Please. Oh God, help me. Okay. I'll see you guys on the blog. We got to talk.com slash blog. I am on there every day. So if you like today's topic, you can go and read a ton of articles. We have interviews with experts posted on the topic of the week. We have other interesting reads and articles. So please be sure to check that out. And like I said, follow along on Instagram too, at Sunny About It. Thank you so, so, so much for listening and being here. I value you and I value your time. I will see you next week with more good stuff here on We Gotta Talk.